not happened for an age. What's that? Tis a gathering. Right, bag packed. Hoisted over shoulder. Phone. Keys. Case one. Case number two. Tray. Doors locked. Should have done that first. Hello and welcome to Entmood, the Battle Games in Middle-Earth podcast, all about the Middle-Earth strategy battle game from Games Workshop. I'm Harry, and this is episode 75 of the podcast, so I'm doing something, as you can probably tell, a little bit different from normal. I'm doing this as live. Basically, it's like a live podcast where I'm just going to literally walk you through everything I do on the course of a tournament. We'll still have all the normal bits uh, that we do. Uh, in the podcast, so we'll have the uh, army building, we'll have the interviews, uh, we might even have some comments, we'll also have guests, it's going to be great fun, but we're just doing it all as I get ready to go to a tournament called Dol Guldor, or Dol Huldor, in, um, in Hull, which is pretty exciting, so got my bags in the back, or the uh, cases in the back, bag in the back, and... I'm ready to go. So, yes, welcome along to the podcast. I'm in the car now. Uh, It's 7am on Saturday morning and we're ready to go for Hull Toy Soldiers. This is very exciting. I'm really excited about this. This is the Assault of Dole Huldor. It's a local tournament or sort of about as local as you can get to me without being Lincoln or Nottingham. So uh, Hull just over the bridge for me, so an hour and a a bit. uh, And we're ready to take... A new army because the 75th podcast means... Means it's Plassy Jubes. That's right, 75th anniversary of Entmoot. Very excited uh, for this one. Um, I thought I'd do something different. I thought I'd just take you on the journey a little bit more than usual. And we'll see how it works. I don't know, it could be a complete and utter disaster. You might even not get a podcast because of the re- the uh, the results of this. But I thought it'd be fun uh, to do something a little bit different. So, as I said, we're doing everything as normal. I'm about to set off in the next sort of 20 minutes for my journey. I'm sat in my car in my neighbourhood. Uh, and it's time to build an army. So as I alluded to in uh, the last podcast, uh, I'm on to a new project. Um, basically, the elves have never excited me. So I love the Numenor. I've been running uh, plenty of Numenor. We'll hear more about that in a future podcast. And I know I keep teasing ahead to the... Um, the Slow Grow League podcast. We'll get. I'll get there eventually. Um, basically, the timings have just fallen uh, by the wayside. It means I've had a tournament ready to go. I've always thought well, we might as well just do the tournament that's ready to go, rather than um, you know publishing sort of old interviews anyway, because the Slow Grow has been recorded over a few months. So uh, uh, yeah, I thought I'd just start something new. And I sort of teased this in the the last episode, and maybe we'll get some of your emails in a second. But essentially. I was wondering how you guys decide to start a new army. How do you pick your next project? And um, usually for me, 
it's I don't, I, I don't know it's like I've ca- just something catches my eye or my attention or I've got a particular model that uh you know I thought ah oh, that'd be really good so I, for, for example I picked up some chariots years ago uh Candice chariots and because I just thought they were really cool and they were it was a unique opportunity to buy some so I started a, a, an army of them the same with the Numenor I, I happened to have loads of these metal Numenorean spearmen that I got from a, a sort of friend and I, I thought, well, I'll get onto that because I've always loved the Numenor aesthetic. So I wanted to just build the whole army and 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 paint them. And the same with the Easterlings. I just loved the red and gold colour scheme. So that was that I wanted to paint that. It was a specific painting thing that I really wanted to do the Easterlings. And then, of course, I got into them because I wanted to make Easterlings great again and and so on. So I wonder what the reason for you is. And the reason for this army that I've chosen is, I think, probably the first time I've done this. The the quest of the ring bearer scenario so this is the first time i've gone out of my way to get some models for an army specifically or certainly the big one to play a couple of scenarios uh quest of the ring bearer which i'm hoping will be in a podcast we'll hear from tim later probably uh and he is going to return and we'll play some more quest of the ring bearer podcasts uh so yeah that's what i'm going to do we're going to uh yeah basically this is the army based around one model that I wanted for some scenarios. And guess what that model is? Well, let's start running through the army. Uh, It is the Depths of Moria Legendary Legion. Yes, that's right. We've got 750 points to play with at this uh, Desolation of Huldor, or whatever it is. What am I saying? The Assault on Dol Huldor. Um, We've got 750 points. uh, So it's good, good to the points level for the Balrog. So, Depths of Moria Legendary Legion, if you don't know this one, this one gives the Balrog some uh, extra buffs where it can sort of set people on fire. It also has a shadow special rule where people can't uh, hit, uh, shoot at you on more than a 5-up. Uh, sorry, less than a 5-up. And uh, it also gives them bonuses for uh, various other different things, uh, including the Goblin Drum, which is cool. So, uh, with that in mind, I'm going with a Balrog. Yes, that's right. Balrog, 350 points. First time he's ever been in the podcast. Painting up specifically for some scenarios. Really excited about this one. Balrog is is take is, is going to hit the road eventually. So this is good. Exciting. Alongside him is uh, seven Goblins with Shield, seven Goblins with Spear, uh, so yeah, getting getting your numbers in there. Got fourteen already, uh, and a cave troll with a hammer. That's right. I've gone with that. So I'm going to preface this by saying, well, I've already started talking about it now, but I'm going to preface this by saying that uh, I know this isn't an optimized list, but I wanted to get all the stuff that you would, you know, you'd imagine would come alongside the Balrog. Basically, those scenes in the Mines of Moria, which are just so awesome. Um, I'm going to recreate uh, the attack, the assault. So with that in mind, I've got the cave troll, which I don't probably isn't optimised. You'd probably want more goblins, but anyway, I'll carry on. And also the Moria Goblin Drum. So in this army, the Moria Goblin Drum is a banner uh, for the whole battlefield. It's usually, I think, 18 inches or maybe 12. Eight, I think it's 18. Um, this time it's a banner for the whole army, a whole, uh, sorry, just goblins, actually, um, for the whole field, battlefield, and also specifically counts as a banner in scenarios where banners are worth victory points, which could be useful, could be useful. So I like that. Uh, so there we go so we've got a goblin drum so that comes with two dudes and the drum uh, so that's for a total of what 40, uh, 14 uh, 17 or something like that in that warband then a captain with a shield uh, leading the second warband um, I had a debate about shields um, but I, I think it probably right to have at least one with a shield we'll, we'll talk about that in a sec 
Captain with a shield uh, for 40 points. Bargain. Um, then goblins with shield and spear, four of each. Two goblins with bow. I know they only hit on fives, but I don't know. Sometimes those five-up hits on a horse or something like that can be invaluable. And they're just goblins anyway, so it'd be fine. Uh, then we've got another warband. So that's only ten in that warband. Another warband with just a captain, no shield this time, uh, with uh, four goblins with shield, four with spear, and two with bow. So all in, 40 models, 750 points, one balrog, two captains, a cave troll, and a drum, and a lot of goblins. And as I said, and this isn't optimised, I think you could squeeze more goblins in for starters, um, you could probably drop a, a cave troll and squeeze, I don't know, what's that, eight more goblins in plus a captain, so yeah, you could easily get um, somewhere near 50 models, which is probably a better way of playing this army, but I want the cave troll, so I'm doing the cave troll and there's nothing you can do to stop me. So that's exciting, um, obviously massive downside to this army, four points of might in total, rubbish, Balrog has a heroic combat and he's got a whip and the lash to bring people into fights, but he doesn't have any might, so that sucks. Um, so I'm hope basically I think the captains are there for four heroic moves and then they can just die unless it's a scenario where I need to protect them. And and the scenario I need to protect them, obviously I'll protect the one with the shield. Um he's slightly high defence. But the normal captain's not horrendous defence. He's defence five. Uh I've gotten used to de- defence five with my um with my Numenor, I felt like it was fine. I preferred an extra goblin. Um, maybe I'm wrong with that. I'll find out later through the course of the day. But I've got a lot of models-ish. Um, they're all a bit crap, so that's fine. I've never played with goblins um, before, except maybe in the odd. I think I, re- I played a Minds of Moria scenario many years ago um, with just the cave troll and stuff. So, so, yeah, am I excited about this? I am! It's really, really cool to think... I'm recreating the moment in the Minds of Moria, it, and it's just awesome. And and I haven't played an army that I felt like this is really, really recreating a battle um, for a long time. Yes, of course, the Numenorians are in the Last Alliance, but I, 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 I kind of can't help but think the Last Alliance isn't as iconic. Um, the Balrog and the Cave Troll moment, that whole sequence in the Minds of Moria is just fantastic. So I'm really looking forward to trying it out. And, you know, it's not going to be rubbish. I, I know that um, the, the Balrog is good. It's all very dependent on whether you get that six in the fight, whether, you, whether you're boxed in, how clever you are about sort of clearing out space. I know the Cave Troll's likely to get shot to death in the first few turns, but that's just... That's just life. I'll probably hide him behind the Balrog, and they can be a great tank team. Imagine that. Balrog's free heroic combat with a cave troll, so you're just chucking a cave troll from one place into another. That's really exciting. So, all in all, really excited about this tournament. Uh, it's a, just a one-day tournament. Four uh, games, I think. Or it might be three. I, I don't actually... I can't remember. I don't have a look at the event packs. Uh, I look at them when I write the list, and then I forget about them before the, uh, uh, before the day. So, very excited about this uh, thing. And as I said, we're driving on the way to the tournament uh, in a bit. I'm going to be picking up Darren, uh, a friend from Lincoln, and patron supporter. He'll be getting some patron prizes uh, when he arrives in the car. Uh, and also Tim on the way. And then we're heading off to Hull. Uh, but first, it's time to delve into the inbox and find some... Christians. Questions that need answering. I'm still in the car. We've got some email inbox questions that need answering. Let's just get the car revved up to warm up a little bit. Uh, Questions that need answering include uh, this first one from... Uh, who's this from? This is from Thomas Smith. Tom Smith. This is actually not a question that needs answering. I'll tell you enough. Um, 
because this is actually in reference to uh, someone who emailed last week about the Ravager of Ithilien, uh, or last podcast, and I sort of, I was like, I've never heard of him, I can't remember who he is, uh, he's certainly not written in the current books, um, and I can't remember who messaged in, but they said, uh, they said, oh, they'd really like to see this person made, and uh, I might have mentioned the Candish King guy, well, Tom Smith has come in saying, yes, uh, the Ravager Affiliate was the Candish King, good guess, uh, I'd said I'd forgotten him, um, but he wasn't in the current books, uh, and apparently there's a Reddit thread somewhere uh, which has got mention of the Candish King, uh, I think it's in the old um, Shadow in the East book, so I was a little bit confused by the email because it's not in a current um, war book, uh, rule book, but... Either way, good. Uh, thanks for clearing that up. Uh, next, we've got... Um, so this is about how do you start your new army. So we've got the first uh, comment on that. Rosalie Vanderbroek says, Hey, Harry. First of all, I'd like to thank you for the great content you've been making over the past few years. Your podcast episodes are always a joy to listen to, whether it's on the train or while painting. Good. What about in the car? I feel like your your omission of being in the car means you hate it when you're listening you're driving the car. You just... Don't, don't work. I don't know. No, just kidding. Uh, anyway, so let's move on. As to answer your question from the latest episode, I like to make my armies based on what aspects of the game I think I need to improve. For example, last year I found that movement was the weakest part of my game. Therefore, I set myself the challenge of only playing cavalry for 2023 to force myself to think more about it, which has already resulted in cavalry lists becoming my favourite types of armies. Thanks for all the content you're making. Keep up the good work. Boorarum. Rosalie uh, and uh, tags the Instagram handle of at Rosie Wargaming. Rosie O-S, uh, sorry, R-O-S-I-E Wargaming. Uh, no spaces or underscores. So check Rosalie's Instagram out. And I like your um, I like your idea. Uh, yeah. Choose an army based on the game. Specifically improving your, your tactics or something like that. And I found that. I think I needed to improve how I used models. Uh, so in you know I, I played a lot of heroes and stuff like that for for a while and then I realized that I wasn't really gaining the advantage of the the minutiae of traps and things like that so I wanted to bring some proper big armies and ha- therefore the Easterlings and stuff so uh, yeah I, I agree with you there Rosalie thanks very much for getting in touch uh, Philip Ledbetter gets in touch um, about team champs and questions uh, good morning Harry I hope you're doing well on the fine uh, this fine morning firstly you certainly had a right blast at team event and will definitely be on the lookout for tickets to similar events both from you and Warhammer World in the future seems like a great way to spend a weekend yeah i totally agree um it was a fantastic way to spend the weekend teams events are up there on my agenda now i i'm definitely toying with the idea of hosting one myself maybe a second tournament next year we'll see uh, we'll see but it's exciting um i'd highly recommend it secondly he says with regards to questions that need answering how do i pick an army this typically breaks down into three main categories that can be linked so in no particular order one how fun will it be to paint I'm a painter first and foremost. Yeah, I agree with you there, Philip. I, I think sometimes if you, you pick an army that you think it's it's going to be good on the tabletop, like, I don't know, for example, the Assault on Lothlorien, there's, I just, just can't face the idea that that army just doesn't excite me in terms of painting. Um, yeah, I've got some goblins. I've got some orcs already, so it's it'll be the heroes. But the Razgush and the other one, Musga, they just don't excite me, so I'm not that desperate to, to paint it. Maybe I'll get to it at some point, but we'll see. Theme is the number second, uh, number two point from Philip. Theme, which typically comes from the scenes of books or films, for example, currently planning a list around King Aemir and a road to Rivendell Force with opposing black riders. Yeah, that's a cool theme. I love that, and I like that people still think about theme. And is it a bit left-field or not seen very often? 
to make it stand out at events. And, and that's another good point. Um, I, I've long been someone who kind of shirks the uh, the meta, as it were. I don't like... So, for example, when Eastlings got really good um, or got a, sort of got all their new stuff and I started seeing them at tournaments a lot, I started becoming less excited by taking them because I, I think the thing for me is if you have an army that's a bit left field or not seen very often, it's way less likely for you to have a mirror match and there's nothing less exciting than going uh, realising you've been matched against a dragon emperor and you've got a dragon emperor. It's just bumping uglies, isn't it? No, nobody wants that. So, uh, yeah, good point. Uh, Philip continues, my main army is currently a garrison of Dale and pure dark denizens, denizens of Mirkwood, uh, both picked because they were a bit different and looked fun to paint. I know that's not a single answer, but I hope that sheds some light on my thinking processes. All the best, keep up the excellent coverage and looking forward to what, hearing, hearing what you next time it will be thank you very much uh the last one is sam hoodie sam says hey mate in answer to what decides a new army for you my latest project i've been working on through the year it was a multitude of reasons usually i go for a small strong army with big scary heroes some favorites being gundabad with bolg the champions of erebor Isengard, etc. So towards the end of last year, I chose to go against my usual approach and go for a horde army. So yeah, I see what you're saying, Sam. And um, this is this is, I guess, a continuation of what Philip's saying. Or sorry, Rosalie was saying earlier about just trying something different so uh, it continues uh, i looked at moria this is where reason two comes in as i had about 70 or 80 of them amongst my pile of shame and thought this would be a great opportunity to clear a big chunk of it old habits die hard and i ended up throwing a cave drake into the pile too reason number three i have now taken them to a couple of tournaments and managed to get sixth place out of 30 using them well, that's very good so maybe there's something to the idea of changing your approach bear in mind that i could maybe have got fourth if said drake had won the final game the final game to eat harry L in association but shoulda woulda coulda regardless it was my best performance at a gbhl event and a nice fresh way for me to play oh well done really well done sam uh, and now i've about 17 of them left to go and the cupboard now has a little breathing space hope you enjoyed my ramble i did enjoy your ramble and um yeah i totally agree this is exactly what i think uh this is one of the reasons that i was quite happy to do this army and not add any kind of prowlers for example um to my list that i mentioned earlier because I had so many goblins, Moria goblins, that are just, you know, painted badly by other people or, or you know, fresh and or spray painted black. And I thought, well, I've got, I think I had a warband of 12 and I needed a, uh, about 20 or something more for one of the scenarios in the Quest of the Ringbearer. So I thought, I've got to paint them. I'm going to get a Balrog. It's all going to be very exciting. And, you know, I... I in, inevitably I had to buy something I always do when I'm building an army um, it, this time it was the Moria Goblin commander box so that I could get the drum and uh, I've also um, bought a Groblog and a um, uh, and some Prowlers so eventually I'll put them into the army but I haven't painted them yet and I didn't want to because I wanted to do this so there you go, that's the army it's now 22 past 7 in the morning um, I've got a bit of time uh, to head over to uh, Darren who I'm picking up uh, we'll hear from him in a second and um, then we've got uh, got to get Tim and we'll be on the way to the, the quest of uh, the <laughs> over the Humber Bridge and uh, face the assault on Dole Holdor. So let's get started on our journey. Boom, we're on our way. Now I'm not going to talk while driving, uh, obviously, because that's unsafe and perhaps even considered reckless driving, uh, so therefore illegal. So I won't do it for long. Uh, so I, I'll break the law for a few seconds. So if you're a police uh, officer and listening, uh, I can only apologise. Um, but I just wanted to share a little bit about um, the travelling to tournaments for me because I don't really talk about this very often, but often um, I 
basically I, we car share you know there's a few of us in the Lincoln area that go to tournaments semi-regularly so uh, it's a combination of uh, Tim who lives sort of slightly north uh, Darren uh, who lives in Lincoln um, there's also a few other people uh, like Michael and Harry and, and Jason and various other different people and Pete sometimes and a few other people who sometimes go to the same tournaments and we share the list and I must say uh, or even Nottingham actually I've been via Nottingham to tournaments before and, and car shared and it's one of those things that I guess once you start going to tournaments especially Great British Hobbit League tournaments you start realising that um, basically the same sort of people are going to most of these tournaments and you can start having some real camaraderie around it and this is one of my favourite elements of it it's you know you meet the same faces you see, meet the same people see the same faces and and become friends with these people despite you know maybe only having seen them like three four five times in your whole life you become really close because there's such a shared passion of of uh, toy soldiers and and so on so um this this uh, episode i wanted to sort of uh, you know share a little bit of that and also it's kind of fun because darren and tim have no idea i'm recording uh, live as live um in this way so I'm going to get their reactions as we go, but I'm, I'm starting to get into this sort of more built-up area of the town, so uh, I'll pause and then rejoin the conversation just before Darren gets in the car. We'll see how he reacts to this live, Entmoot Live-style podcast in a second. And here we are. Ah. Okay. Now we play the waiting game. So we've uh, made it to Darren's house. Let's uh, just wait for him. Greetings. Hello. I haven't seen any messages from you, so I brought that out. Oh, right. Oh, that was good. I'm going to surprise you because I'm recording uh, Entmoot Live. Oh my God. For the 75th uh, Ent podcast. So we're doing it kind of live on the journey. Darren, you're joining us for the journey. How do you feel? It's too early for this, Harry. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, you also have patron prizes. Hold on. I have some gifts because uh, all the patrons get um, presents and stuff. And you've been a long-lasting patron, so you get a big gift. So very exciting. We'll continue the journey and uh, find Tim on the way at some point soon. Um, and I also wanted to ask, we, all, we often do these sorts of car share things. Is it an integral part of the hobby and the tournament for you? It is now, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it is. And I get free stuff. <laughs> well, they're not free. Well, yeah, that's true, actually. A long, long-lasting patron, so you get a big, big uh, you, uh, mug. So it's very kind. Right, let's get on the way. We've got to find Tim, and then we'll, uh, we'll carry on. Lovely. Right, that's good. Right, we're here on Tim's farm, waiting for him, and see what he thinks when uh, he realises we're doing Entmoo Live on uh, the 75th Platy Jubilee. Or I don't think it is Platinum Jubilee, actually. I think that's 70th. But anyway, we'll wait for him in a second. Darren, you're waiting. Are you excited to see Tim? Yeah, I waited with bated breath. <laughs> excellent, excellent. And um, while we're here waiting, Darren, what army have you brought for uh, this 750-point tournament today? I've got Minas Tirith, I've got Boromir with Banner and a Bolt Thrower. Just it's a favourite of yours. Yeah, just I've got the Bolt Thrower this time just in case I face Aaron. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've got Minas Tirith, it's my best painted army, so not that I painted it. But that's why I bring it, it's easy, I know it, it's comfortable. 
comfortable, easy. I've gone with something new, so that's exciting. Um, uh, da- uh, Aaron, you mentioned Aaron Pullen. Uh, he's uh, been a regular on the podcast because he keeps winning stuff. I think he's bring- uh, bringing the old, uh, uh, the old Farharad with the camels and the trolls. Yeah, loads of trolls this time. Less camels, more trolls. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes. I see Tim. He's resplendent in a white shirt. Glasses sparkling in the sunlight this morning. We'll wait for him in a sec. There it goes. The boot. So you painted them in the end then, did you, Tim? Uh, <laughs> it'll do for today, he says. There he is. And uh, I have a surprise for you, Tim, because it's it's the 75th Entmoop. Party time. How do you feel about that? And I'm thrusting a microphone in your face as soon as you arrive. It's better than thrusting something else in my face as soon as I arrive. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Very exciting, isn't it? Uh, I, I will endeavour to not be on 50% of them from now, from now on. Well, there you go. Uh, can I just ask, what? because you're just loading it into the, uh, into the car right now, you have... Uh, just three models in your army. What have you brought? Uh, I have brought uh, the Dark Lord Sauron, uh, Witch King of Angmar with Crown of Morgul, extra three might, five will, three fate uh, on a fell beast, uh, vanilla ring wraith, extra uh, two, five, two extra on a fell beast, three models, 750. Excellent, and these are 3D printed models, and you painted your no, witch. No, no, look, look, it's a real official GW Witch King. Oh, it is sat on a 3D printed <laughs> dragon, uh, Felbeast, and you painted the Felbeast in a kind of fantasy style, uh, like it almost looks like a, a dragon wyvern or something from the yeah. Warhammer Fantasy Old World. It's the old uh, nineteen early 1990s orc shaman on war wyvern colour scheme, uh, green with these sort of red and orange claws. Uh, yellow chicken feet, uh, and it's just a bit of a mishmash, really, fighting the uh, fighting the traditionalists. There you go. He's uh, hating the traditionalists. Well, that's no, no, no. no. <laughs> Not hating Think of the letters. So uh, we're off on the journey, off to the assault on Dol Huldor, uh, continuing this sort of this road trip with uh, a live, as live kind of vibe uh, to the uh, the podcast. This time, we'll uh, drive over the Humber Bridge. And see where we, uh, how we do when we get there. Let's go. I can see Joe and Aaron. Uh, Joe and Aaron are sat on a bench over there. They must be opposite the shop. That's brilliant. So, right, Tim. Right, we'll find the car park. Okay. Lovely. Right, we we'll continue our exciting adventure. He says, park here. Oh, can I drive along that? Where? It says I can drive along that. Where? Can well, I drive along that? He's just sent a message saying, park here. Four minute walk, two pound fifty. Box of spaces. Where? Where? Said this, sent this. That's not very useful. No! Hello, lads. Where's this car park you're talking about? Oh, God. oh for God's sake. I've just jammed down the one way street. King William Car Park. It's like a multi story back that way. Two quid holder. Did you get a van in it? King William Car, yeah, car Park, right. Oh, God, out of the way, old lady. I'll just park here. <laughs> right, see you in a minute. Okay. I hope I'm actually allowed to drive down here. I might yeah. just turn off. We need to turn right. Do you need to go, yeah, go yeah. this way. Fine, go. I assume because of the time of day, it's fine. Yeah. While we're driving around the streets of Hull with absolutely no clue, <laughs> so it's all fine. We need to be going to. We need to go to the right. Oh, it's because you got oh. on the walking the walking zone. Right. 
Welcome to Hull, where alarms, <laughs> the sirens are going off. Yeah, to the right. We're all good this way. Go Barely in the air. Great. Okay. And then we can turn right at the traffic lights. Excellent. So we're going in a bit of a loop. Yeah. Oh, it's going green for us. Perfect. That's perfect timing. Perfect timing. Someone's cut through a red there. And we're back to the right. I'm not turning off, just like direct. Straight, straight on, straight, right, straight on, right at the end of the road. Okay. 0.2 miles. Yeah, just before you get to the, the main, main road, there should be a... That is the biggest sign for Heineken I've ever seen in my life. You see it? It was just huge on the side of that pub. It was like, must have been five metres. Oh, look, more toy soldier people. So We're close. Be, be on the left. Oh, uh, yeah, it, I see it. King William Car Park, there it is. King William House Car Park. And we are... Oh, shit. Oh, for God's sake. Can you leave? It's all right. It's fine. There's nobody here. We'll just reverse. And we're in. Alright. Better be too bad. I was going to say, if it's not, I'll be annoyed. On a sa Saturday, two quid. Are they short? Saturday, £2.50 all day? What, yeah. what a bargain! Fucking hell! Get me some of that in every Every, every single city. place I've ever been to in my life? Yeah, what? A restricted. I think I have to go up the hill. Right, okay, these look like. Smile, you're on camera. Okay, here we go. Dedicated bays, dedicated bays. These aren't dedicated bays. Right. Okay, can I just. Oh, they're tiny, what the hell? Yeah, I'm not a fan of Right, I'll reverse into this one here, it'll be fine. Oh. Am I over the line? Probably. Not there. Just. Just over. Yeah, there. You are over it. You are over it. There. I'm in. You're in. You're in. In the box. Windows closed. And we're here. May the toy soldiers commence. So I'm already regretting my decision to uh, bring the Balrog because obviously it didn't fit in a normal Games Workshop case. So I've got this big metal thing. Um, which, you know, only just about fits in. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, it's fine. We'll, we'll make it. We'll make it to the right place. We've parked up. £2.50 bargain. And then just need to work out where the shop is. Only got 15 minutes to go before the very first game. This really does feel like we're going on an adventure. Stop. I'm already late! Late for what? I'm going on an adventure! Guys, do you know where the actual venue is? <laughs> oh, it's just this. All oh, right, okay, cool. <laughs> there must be somewhere. Lovely, nice to see you. Nice to see you. In we go. Hull's Angels. What a place. It's got disabled this access, got a little auto lift. <laughs> This is like the end smoker when we link the car. This is one step. It's good. It's good. Jane. How are you all going? Who is? What? <laughs> Love it. Hey, you're right. Gents, if you're not signed in, please go over there. We record from upstairs. What up? 
Is the draw already done or? No. Yeah, fair enough. You're just teasing Darren, were you? <laughs> <laughs> Horn. Do you chaps have a pen I don't? <laughs> so, scenario number one is to the death, to the death, or we have a veto system in place. Seize the prize. Ooh, it's getting getting tense here. And the third one will be rolled in a second. Drama. A two and a one, which is pool number two, scenario number one, which will be dominant. Pool one, sorry. Scenario number two, which is heirlooms of ages past. Seize the prize, heirlooms of ages past, and to the death. I suspect there might be quite a lot of to the deaths uh, in this one. Let's see who player number one is. 15 minutes, gents. 15 minutes so there you go uh, that's round number one I'm, I've been deposited on table number 11 you heard the horn there that's Lord Ken Ken uh, that's your Longshanks name Ken first of all uh, tell us all about your um, your horn and also the, uh, the the display you've got here because it's looking quite fantabulous well technically I am a lord uh, I bought for a bought a title so you know <laughs> right for one of those Scottish styles things yeah. no it's English English English, title, English oh, right, okay. um, yeah I own a oh, just starting up a mead company so the, the idea is try and sell as much mead as I can as well as all the horns as well as you heard the horn um, but that's what I hope to do going forward. I'm going to try and quit my uh, quit my full-time job and, and do that. But it's it's been pretty hard. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Well, I, you go to lots of events, and I'd imagine going to sort of fates and all that sort of stuff where the where the mead is a thing. But I guess also a business, is it? Yes. Well, I'm starting to. Um, the the sob story was uh, two years ago. I got divorced and went suicidal. So did sixty five thousand pounds worth of debt in two uh, two months gambling. Uh, don't do it now. Um, dog saved my life. But then I thought, well, I've got to get out of that. So I've worked seven days a week for the last two two years, doing two full time jobs, two part time jobs, and uh, trying once a fortnight to fit in a hobby hobby night just to keep my mind safe sane. Um, well, it's, it's it's amazing, and I, I didn't I didn't know there was such a story behind it. And and you know you bring these these meads to the to the thing every time, and and people seem to absolutely love it. And who's the dog? Because this dog has been sat here. I didn't know this was yours. This is the Wag. This is Alfie. He's uh, yeah, he, he saved my life, and he comes to all the events. Everyone seems to like him, and he likes being fussed. So. He, he certainly does. And so tell us um, about the game. Uh, we've we've just had a pretty epic matchup, it must be said. So I've got my Balrog and the Troll, and uh, all the goblins. Uh, what have you brought to the tournament this weekend? Uh, lots of pain and despair. Um, 18 Cassard Guard with Durin, all Heath Guard, and 10 Archers with the King's Champion with two Ballistas. Yeah, so two Ballistas and a lot of Dwarf shooting. So I, I've not encountered a list that's got so much Dwarf shooting in, but, but it, it, I really rate it. It's really good. You know, straight, uh, hit on fours, yes, but strength three bows, two Ballistas as well. I mean, I, have you used this sort of thing before? In the past, about 10 years ago, but I mean... I'd say the first two turns, it looked very promising that it would be devastating, but uh, I guess the dice worked with me on that one. Yeah, I, th I think that's true. Uh, so we deployed, it said, we're playing to the death, so uh, I, sort of, I think I said no to seize the prize, and you said no to heirlooms of ages past. Um, and uh, we, so we deployed 12 inches on and just sort of started marching up. There were a couple of in the ways early on for your things, and your you, uh, bolt throw didn't hit for a couple of turns, but when it did hit, it, it, it took a 
I, I think uh, the dr one of the drummers off eventually after a couple of turns, maybe took a few goblins before then, and uh, one of the dwarven archers, they managed to take some wounds off the bow, or one wound off the Balrog on a lucky shot. Um, but after that, it, it was mostly focused on the goblins, I suppose, wasn't it? Because the Balrog was either in combat or, or you know, it scattered into other stuff. Yeah, or oh, my own troops were in the way. So it, it knocked the Balrog down turn two, but failed to wound, which was... Uh, critical I think that, that, if that had happened then obviously you'd be down to be yeah, broken of course territory. it'd be half yeah yeah, yeah so it's uh, that's a critical role that I sadly missed out on I couldn't even use the might on that one so yeah it was quite low with two or three uh, two or one wasn't it so yeah I'd, I'd forgotten about that yeah you're not prone and um, if you'd have scored the wound it would have halved my wounds immediately and my army breaks as soon as uh, I, I get down to the normal amount and until you've got me down to half my wounds my army is unbreakable essentially so so it's instrumental and then of course the, the following few turns uh, I, I basically I'd got into combat whipped someone in and, and started charging so you just never really got that chance again maybe in the last last couple of turns you got a chance but it was largely from then you, you were sort of skulking away hoping to give yourself the shooting I guess and, and I was just sort of hot on your tails <laughs> I was also hoping like, like you did the Balrog overextended itself at least once um, and when you did, and you even whiffed your rolls on that, mm. so I think it was the highest of three on him. Mm. But I just couldn't capitalise. Yeah. I couldn't surround him and I couldn't take him out. And then I started losing Khazad Guard at such a rate, I couldn't replenish them. Yeah. Um, and the fact that I forgot the horn and the guy didn't charge in, the perfect opportunity then to trap the Balrog. He might not have won, but at least I would have committed more at that point. But Yeah, I think that's, that's right, because basically we'd sort of scooted off into this... Uh, uh, bottleneck in the, the back left of the board after a while uh, and yeah when you, you mentioned I whiffed the roll I had a, I think you had five Khazard Guard on me but a troll had countercharged two of them so so I ended up only being three Khazard Guard on the trap which which didn't quite yield the result you wanted but as you say the, the King's Champion had a chance to charge um, and he twice twice, twice yeah. and he whiffed it a couple of times but one of the times uh, the, the, the dwarf the horn that, that uh, Durin has in his profile which we'd both forgotten about um, had uh, would, would probably have pipped it because you'd have spent the will and uh, and just gotten in, but um, it was a narrow one. But I, either way, I, I was just trying to say afterwards. I think you you did get that charge eventually. It just might it just meant it was a bit further back, I guess. Further back, and I didn't have enough Khazad guard to hold off the goblins and the troll at the same time. I think um, once yeah, once I started losing ten Khazad guard, it was like okay, can't really do the damage now. Yeah. If I'd committed the Khazad guard even earlier just to kill the goblins, I could have started kill, going through them pretty quick, but. I bottled the neck myself. It's what it is. It's one of them days. Hopefully, one of the uh, the next time the rolls will go well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And and that that one of those uh, ballistas was just awful. It it it, basically, it hit once, killed the goblin drummer, um, and then didn't hit at all for the rest of the game, which was crazy. About ten turns, twelve turns, something like that. Uh, but you did a really good job of uh, killing that one drummer and sending a, a contingent of guys to take out my banner. And and I think. I, I really focused, I really wanted to kill your two banners because A, they were, um, once your, my banner had gone or my drum had gone, uh, I, was, I was losing rolls and all that sort of stuff and my, my sort of advantage of the numbers wasn't really helping because you had the banner to mitigate that a bit. But then as soon as I caught one of the banners um, I, uh, with the uh, heroic combat, killed him, and the other one was really far away from stuff. It meant that I could start capitalising on the kills, move stuff around, and eventually got a very lucky whip right in the last uh, last turn, basically, and, or a couple of turns uh, to the end. Whipped the uh, the final Herald into combat, took two fate off on the way in, which was pretty instrumental, and then uh, killed him in one. So that, that just evened off the balance, which uh, would have mitigated the loss in the end, but um, not quite enough. Durin managed to run away for the whole battlefield. The, the, question I, the big question I have, I suppose... Do you think if you'd have just gone for it with Durin, a few half guard, 
maybe the King's Champion as well in the banner, you might have just been able to whittle enough wounds off the Balrog to do the deed. I reckon so. Um, yes, let's say that was the whole plan. As soon as he extended himself, mm. surrounded by Khazadgarh, the goblins wouldn't be able... That troll could have mooched in, but yeah, as soon as I started losing the Khazadgarh, it was a case of uh, not too good. But I was also trying to conserve the victory points, thinking I, w- I thought it was a bit closer than it was. Yeah. Again, my fault for not checking on the Balrog's rules, because I've seen something earlier saying the break point would still count in the victory but that's only on the last the last turn I believe so yeah 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 of course yeah uh, so yeah because the Balrog denies the the broken th- yeah I think but I think you did exactly the right thing enticing me into that gap where only really the Balrog and the troll could get through once I'd heroic combated through that gap sur- you could surround me and stuff I think yeah you're right that time that one turn where you could have got the uh, Durin in as well that might have made all the difference because I'd whiffed that turn Durin's extra extra power and might as well might have been able to chip a few more extra wounds off the Balrog could have swung one way but sadly it didn't happen and I think it ended up was it 7-1 to me so uh, a, a lucky win I think yeah it, definitely fair your shooting could have been better and one one or two rolls here or there would have massively changed the game I didn't I don't think I won any priority rolls uh, the one way even I struck up to 10 fight 10 and we, we drew in combat. I couldn't win that. So, but you win some games, you lose some games on dice rolls, and yeah. it is a dice game. So, absolutely. Well, uh, either way, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for uh, talking to me and and sharing the story about the mead. Uh, exciting and honking the horn. So, uh, a few minutes left uh, for lunch, and then we'll crack on uh, for the next game. But thanks very much for the game. Cheers. No worries. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Right, so after that one, we're going into uh, round number two. Well, we're going to lunch first, but uh, round number two. So we'll watch it live. Tim's rolling the dice. What have you got for the first one? Oh, uh, domination Ooh. and command the battlefield are the first two mm. of the pool of three. And the third one will be, we'll find be. out, we'll watch it live. Just while I'm here, you can see some really cool prizes. Well, you can't see it, but uh, there are amazing, amazing prizes. Uh, there's a Gimli walking axe. There's a sting. There's... I think that's Aragorn's uh, Strider Sword as well, uh, and some other bits and bobs. But now we're going to wait for the roll, the big roll. Which one's the pool one? Red. Red is the pool one. So with the, we're going to see what the, the potential dice are. So we've got pool number two. No, we don't. That's a re-roll. That's a re-roll. Oh, okay, it's a re-roll, because we've already had pool number two, I'm guessing. Uh, we've got a two again. So he's going to do an, a third re-roll. Here we go. That's a five. There we go. So a five. Pool number five, and mission number three, which is... What is it? The tension is building... As he writes, reconnoiter. Yes! So we've got domination, command the battlefield, and recon. So uh, the opponents will be able to veto one, and I will veto another. We'll find out which one we go with uh, as we go to lunch. After we go, we finished lunch. Uh, lovely lunch, actually. Fish and chips, very nice. Uh, and now we're on to round two, and we've got the veto things to happen. Playing against Natalie in this game. So first of all, uh, Natalie, uh, just give us an idea of what your army is, and then we'll explain the scenarios on which one we chose. So what have you brought for 750 points? So I brought the I brought my traditional Agmar list, led by the Witch King on a foul beast. I brought Berger to back him up with two Barrow Whites. We've got. So there's lots and lots of orcs, isn't there? There's uh, yeah. two. There's two full. Uh, what's it called? The spectres and three or so wargs, and then the rest are just orcs, aren't they? So yeah. So forty-five orcs. So yeah. There's a lot more models than me. So what was in total fifty-three or something like that. So so really strong uh, numbers for you. So uh, in in terms of the vetoage, I think I went first on the veto, and I decided to veto. Remind me, was it recon? I think yeah. And what, what did you go for? Because we had the other choices were command the battlefield and domination. Yeah, so I went with domination. Uh, I figured that keeping the Balrog on one objective was going to be easier than keeping him off of a board edge. 
or a board quarter. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Because I guess I could I could come in and stomp all over you uh, in Maelstrom or something like that. I thought that that recon would be difficult mainly because of you just got more numbers, you've got the movement and all that sort of stuff. So we ended up with the uh, domination, the classic one, uh, objective in the middle, worth two, and then four other objectives. What was your game plan here? Uh, lock down the Balrog with magic uh, and kill you faster than you killed me. Um, yeah. I seem to manage to uh, then go for any objective you seem to leave unprotected. Yeah, because I, I kind of I deployed on the center line with a uh, with a kind of I'd say a sort of L-shaped um, deployment where I had sort of the central objective covered and one of the, the back objectives and then sort of a, a half-assed attempt basically to, to cover the third one on my side of the battlefield but I think this was always going to be reliant on whether I could crack through you um, with the Balrog and stuff like that because I think it was it was kind of inevitable that the, the, the lines were going to swing um, so my Balrog went forward uh, and you just kind of folded into the left-hand side and, and my half-assed attempt kind of collapsed and, and, and basically it came down to whether the Balrog did anything good and really as you said, that it just didn't. The magic, magic did its work. I mean, what? Well, yeah. What? What did you do basically? Uh, I kept him transfixed for most of the game. Got him low on will, and then throw paralyzed at him. Yeah. Yeah. And and I guess the 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 the, the thing here is my guys there's so much so so many fewer of them that once I've uh, my big big nasty's gone out of the game it's it's kind of kind of I'm onto a loser yeah I think the crucial part was uh, killing your captain right at the start mm. you left him exposed and the witch king killing him took out your might so you couldn't call any heroic moves on that side of the board which allowed me to free up the witch king to call magic yeah, and I, I actually wondered whether that was a bit of a mistake early on because I, I see what you were doing at once you got the the captain. Maybe just I didn't see the captain, which was stupid. <laughs> he, he blends in so easily. But uh, so I, if I'd have just moved him out of the way a bit further, it might have been less of a stupid move. But you barged, uh, you jumped over the lines, charged two orc spearmen. Because of my Balrog um, courage buff thing, I could just charge and surround the uh, the Witch King. And I thought, right, okay, this is good. You should never fly over the enemy lines and, and get surrounded. I thought this, I could even kill the Witch King here. But I was thinking maybe I'll. Take take some might off something like that uh, but I, I didn't I didn't count on you doing a barge rather than a heroic combat so I was thinking oh maybe you're going to deplete all your might here in this thing just by uh, jumping over the lines but because of the barge because I'd left the go goblin captain so exposed so close it was like two or three inches away uh, you got a sort of you know decent barge roll for or something like that and and got straight into it so like you say for one might you took two might off and my might I kind of is kind of more important in some ways because I've only got four and you had sort of six so yeah yeah, and then obviously having more might on the table when I could call moves, I had the more the will advantage as well. Yeah. Um, and the Balrog having no might made it quite difficult for you to yeah. do anything. Yeah, and it was just locking it down then. And actually, to be honest, in some ways, because I, my, my goblins just sort of spread out in this sort of, there's like an arena of three or four bits of terrain. They were kind of spread out, vaguely holding the line at all the different areas. And they were kind of scattered. There wasn't any kind of coherent um, sort of, I don't know, defensive position that I'd occupied because I was trying to hit all the objectives. That It just meant that I was bogged down. I couldn't really move my stuff around. And as you said, the heroics didn't help with that. But even then, one of my goblin captains still had might at the end of the game just because he he was kind of st stuck in the position fighting a Barrow White and it wasn't really it was kind of advantageous to be fighting the Barrow White because it stopped him the Barrow White from getting into the Barrow so it was it was all kind of fine but it just it was just a, a war of attrition and these long games we've had sort of two and a half uh, sorry two hour 15 games um, and when you've got 53 models against my 40 it's kind of inevitable yeah yeah um, definitely one it's the first time I've been playing at 750 points by myself so yeah having the the longer games the more models to think about 
Well, you've, you've done a cracking job. So uh, it was, uh, what was it in the end? It was, uh, oh God. 8-0. Uh, 8-0 victory to you. Sorry, I'm just, just trying to get up off my knees there. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, because you got the one wound on the barrel at the end, and occup- I sort of contested one of the objectives, but largely you kind of compressed my line, it, uh, my goblins into the middle uh, in a place where they were kind of not really anywhere near any of the objectives. So, uh, Natalie, well done, uh, cracking game. So, that, does that put you on two wins then? Two wins, yeah. Two wins, uh, 7-1 or something like that, and because uh, I got a 7-1 on the first game. 7-0 uh, seven, you... on the first game, 8-0 on this game. I'm sorry. Right, okay, so yeah, you, you, I mean, I, I think this tournament, because there's three games, you kind of need to have really high scores to get onto the podium, but either way, it's a very respectable start so uh, good luck in your final game oh thank you you too final game of the three here at the assault on dull guldor i'm playing against chris selby chris selby we again obviously had three scenarios to choose from uh, and we had to veto uh, one of them each of course uh, as we mentioned earlier three scenarios not necessarily all from the same pool like uh, in some veto systems so a bit of an interesting one and um, so first of all the scenarios were command the battle field and Lords of Battle and Fog of War. And Chris, before we uh, go into talking through the, uh, the reasons we chose which ones we vetoed, just give us a run-through of your army. What have you brought to the 750 points? So I've brought Grand Army of the South, so I've got my wall leader as my leader with nine archers in his in his howder. Yeah, big old mummock, really fancy mummock. He's got the denial of heroic moves, all the tramples, uh, the free heroic strike against enemy, harbinger of evil, excellent stuff. Yeah, it's, it's, honestly, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer, really. I, I, I love my Moomax, so that's, it, it brings something extra compared to Moomax. Um, he's also brought with him a couple of Serpent Guard and Serpent Riders, and he's got a Mahud King as well, with his Mahud Raider, Camel Riders, and a couple of Half-Trolls and Warriors, just to take up some of the ground ground forces um, and help. Yeah, yeah, spread out, grab objectives, and also Half-Trolls, pretty solid. They're, they're, they're pretty scary if you've got a few of them, and the, the hitting power of those Camels and the Cavalry can be pretty de- devastating. We'll talk through um, what actually happened in the game in a second but uh, I think you you got to choose to veto something first and uh, what did you go with? I vetoed Lords of Battle first. I I know it seems weird thinking like oh I'm going to trample lots of stuff and do a lot of wounds but it's also got a lot of wounds to take uh, so I've, I've had played Lords of Battle in the past and ended up taking more wounds against me because of the amount of wounds the Moomak has and the multiple wounds on the half trolls and the heroes. Uh, so I vetoed that one, um, despite okay. against multiple goblins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to say 40 goblins, um, so I outnumber you massively, but I can see what you're saying. If, if the Balrog or, and the Mummock uh, go, go head-to-head, yeah, you might take the kill the Balrog, but if I kill the... or, or you might you know, seriously wound the Balrog or trample through a load of goblins... I might kill the war leader, everything falls off the top, and then it's kind of game over because the barrel can do what he wants, which is, I, I can see what you're getting at. Exactly, exactly that, yeah. yeah. So, with that in mind, I was left with Command the Battlefield and Fog of War. And uh, Command the Battlefield is the, uh, one of the Maelstrom missions where you have to c- capture the table quarters. And if I'm honest, I don't really enjoy it that much. But also, you've got a mummock in Maelstrom. And I thought, if I have one of my goblin captains come on in a weird place, even the Bower coming in a weird place, you can potentially trample through a lot of stuff in the first turn and do some really serious damage to my army before I even get started. So I thought I'd veto that and leaves us with Fog of War, which is one of the scenarios that I probably didn't really want at the start because... I know that you're gonna. Ha- I'm gonna have to protect a goblin captain, and you're gonna choose to kill a goblin captain. So, what did you think when I when we ended up with fog of war? Were you happy? Yeah, I was happy. I was thinking I'd, I'd rather hat than the other ones. To be fair, like um, I've only got the one other hero to protect and the one hero that you need to kill, so I can keep him safer. I can protect more resources into protecting him, or make sure he's out of the way because I know that's the one you're after. So I don't yeah. have to worry too much about 
hijinks. I guess. Yeah, I guess there's a six six point um, VP swing there if if you lose the king. So. And, and you did do this, you just kept him completely out of the fray, so it's very wise. So with your, in terms of your, your strategy, we both sort of deployed in a relatively normal place. We chose, I, I think, I might as well reveal it now, we, we, I chose um, the, the sort of most central bit of terrain, some weird chaos, uh, Age of Sigmar thing. You chose a big ruin on my left-hand side. Um, you, what was your plan here? Because you, you basically set up the Mummock in the middle on your side. It's just easy, isn't it? Like, you just put him in the middle and you think, oh, he can start going, react to where the enemy's going, because with a big model like the Mumak, it's and it's direct line movement, it's trying to manoeuvre around terrain, it can be quite difficult, so you've got to keep those options open early before you commit. Um, obviously, once you move the Balrog in, I was like, well, let's just go straight for the Balrog. I don't want to get whipped off the top, because I was worried that the Warlord might get whipped off from the... Uh, top of the howder which could have been a possibility so. yeah I, I think I probably made a boo-boo in the first turn and just taking the first trample that I, that I could but I knew that, that I would probably take a trample at some point so I thought well might as well get stuck in there straight away uh, stop fannying around get get as many goblins as I could uh, surrounding the, uh, the the mummica a couple of turns in a row and just just take the hit so uh, basically the first turn you got was it two or three probably I think it was about two two, two wounds the first two turns I think it was yeah. and then I got three the that's the next one yeah so there, there were quite a few consistent trample hits but on the other hand the Balrog was pretty consistently winning fights against the mummock I mean it's got fight ten you do have a free heroic strike against it which is invaluable yeah, it was it, that's that was a turning point really yeah. it's the, the free heroic strike got up to ten twice yeah. leading to a roll off and Unfortunately, lost one, but it'd been one. Yeah, and exactly. Exactly. So you won. You won one in the end, and um, this was. So I, by this point, I'd taken seven wounds off the mummock. So one more fight going my way looked likely. I had a lot of goblins still in the fight. Not not hundreds because they'd taken a few of them gone. But you know there was a few there to to get the get the six which I got, and you know we, it, it was all good. And then the roll off came, and it and it went your way. So if I reckon if I'd have won that one, I'd have, may have either killed the mummock or certainly uh, certainly left it on one final wound but instead the Balrog got knocked over which I, I didn't even know the Balrog could get knocked over but yeah the Balrog got knocked over by a Mummock which I guess makes sense uh, and then got the, the final three wounds dealt to him and basically that, that was kind of the turning point Oh it, it really was yeah it was, <laughs> when that, when that dinosaur went my way I was oh that never happens it's, it's been like a kind of a game where things happen the other way around to our normal experience mm. with winning priorities and getting those heroic moves off because with the Balrog not having any might and not being able to get that heroic move it, it's, it's a major major turning point really so it meant that I yeah. could move when you got priority and when I got priority I was cancelling your moves that you could call with the only two goblins that you could call moves with yeah and that's the thing I was being try, try, slightly uh, sneaky with trying to keep them hidden as well so one of them was hiding at the back and one of them was kind of moving around and skulking in the ruins but I did I did try the two moves and they both got cancelled and uh, so that was a bit frustrating but I, I, I guess most armies have uh, around 800 points they're looking at more like I don't know six, seven, eight points of might rather than four so that, that is always going to be a downside with the, the Balrog but uh, uh, once he went down, everything's everything's gone, isn't it? I mean, I, I, I immediately break, although I think I would have broken anyway because the amount of goblins that had died by that point um, and the amount of wounds the Balrog had taken. So that would have been a wor- worrying next couple of turns. I lost my fearless bubble, so uh, I, don't, I can't charge the, the uh, Mummock and the half-trolls. Uh, I lose the... the well, I lose the Balrog, I guess. <laughs> the killing power of the Balrog. That was one of the big things in the army. Uh, so, so basically that. And I think I, by that point, I maybe had 
somewhere in the region of 10, maybe 12 goblins, something like that, maybe 15 if a push, uh, including the troll and a captain, uh, both the captains actually. But um, they soon started running away uh, once, once the final, next turn happened. And then it was for you, it was really just making sure your bits are in the right place by the end of the game to capture the objective. Right, very much so. Was, my king was in the position to jump onto the terrain piece where he wanted to be. I uh, had guys around to just mop up some goblins, essentially, if they weren't running away as quick as I would like them to. And yeah, so interestingly, actually, after all this epic duel in the middle, which was epic, it was really cool, it was great to see it, um, the... You know, the, the, the moment maybe scored three of the VPs that you won in the end, but the, the king, my God, did he, <laughs> he took a load of them because he protected himself uh, and obviously he, uh, he took the terrain piece as well. So he got more, more than half the objectives. You did in the very final turn, and so I, I, I then ended up being tabled. So in the final turn, the captain, uh, if I'd have won priority, my captain could have snuck onto the objective and I don't think, because because he was just an inch ahead of you, uh, I don't think that you, your guy, or maybe more than two inches ahead of you, something like that, I don't think any of your guys would have been able to grab him that turn. One might have been able to get him, but obviously he's a captain. And yeah, he might have survived. It was against the Serpent Guard or something like that. Yeah. So it might he might have survived that turn and claimed the objective, which would have been interesting because I think that would have meant it would have been a six. No, you'd have broke. So it would have been a nine-six loss. But... I was relying on one goblin captain and the game ending at the right time, so it was a bit of a, a bit of a long shot. The game not ending earlier um, definitely made a big difference. Yeah, yeah, because you would have wouldn't have had the uh, the kills for killing my goblin captain, which you were t- aiming for. You wouldn't have had the kill for uh, this sort of grabbing the objective. So yeah, it would have it would have still been a win to you, but yeah, it, it could have ended a couple of turns before it did. But having said that, twelve nil, Chris, uh, and you have uh, tabled me with a mummock. A battered and bruised and uh, bloodied mummock, but uh, a living mummock nonetheless. So uh, well done on uh, on the win. So does that? What does that mean for you for the weekend? How, how have you fared? That's that's, that's two wins uh, and one loss. The second win was uh, well, first win was a six-five win, so not not far off. It was a nice domination. One had enough guys on the board, but his guys were like, on the other side of the corner after dealing with the mummock. Um, then that dying meant the game ended. <laughs> And then the first game, it was a 6-1, 6-1 loss, I think. It wasn't too bad, but just couldn't get to the objective to replace Caesar Prize. Ah, well, that, that, that's as all. Well, either way, uh, it's cracking. I, I thought I, I really rate the Mumuk uh, Wally. Now, I, I am tempted to get some half-trolls uh, to play with because I keep seeing people using half-trolls. And I know Aaron Pullen, who I think is right now playing on top table, uh, he has a half-troll army. So, uh, so you know, they're, they're, they're really cool, and, and I really rate them. But because um, I, 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 I've played the Mumuk Wally to win, with um, Suladan and a load of cavalry before, but uh, it, it's, it's always been quite good. But yeah, the, the half trolls are definitely appealing. Anyway, Chris, I'm getting distracted. Uh, 12 nil, well done, uh, and, and yeah, it's a, it a cracking game. So thanks very much for the game. Well, thank you, Harry. Like, it was great, um, honestly. I've seen you a lot, and actually never played a game with you, so yeah. <laughs> it was fun to see. Brilliant, thank you. <laughs> right, so the award ceremony. Let's see what will happen. So the winner of Today's event in first place is none other than Matt Light. In second place, we have Natalie.
place, we have Jake Rawson. Arnold. 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 Then we have our prize for the best army, which goes to Julian Hammond. Then we have our prize for the best sport, which goes to Nathan Talbot. And for the most epic moment, we have Bilbo Baggins bravely fighting the Dark Lord Sauron himself and winning. <laughs> and that goes to Matt Light again. And in final place, with our wooden spoon and a Lord of the Rings inspired letter opener, or method of killing, it is Nick Massey. Matt, Matt, can I talk to you on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. You sure? Yeah, yeah. Is that all right? Okay. Because look at you with all your trophies. How? So, can we do it now? Okay, good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Here's. Well, let's let's just move. Let's just move slightly out of the way. This is all. Let's just 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 so that people are aware that we're talking. Um, uh, so so first of all. You've got two trophies. What were they both for? I do. So the first one is the first place trophy, which is obviously really, really fun because winning all your games is fun. Um, and the second one is the most epic moment. Um, so in my army list for today, I had Bilbo Baggins from the Shire list, but he can be a independent... Rivendell ally, yeah. Rivendell, oh, yeah, yeah. minor, so minor hero. Yeah. No, independent hero in the Rivendell list. Cool. So I had him because I thought having the ring would be really cool. And in my first game uh, of the day, I was playing at Sauron. So obviously my 40-point Bilbo Baggins doesn't get the ring because yeah. Sauron's got the ring. Um, and so Sauron charged into Bilbo on turn two, uh, didn't manage to kill him because Bilbo's got all this fate. And then the next turn, Bilbo charged Sauron and uh, won combat against Sauron and shoved <laughs> him backwards, protecting my hero who had the seized the prize for a turn so he could run off and get to safety. Amazing! What a moment! That is great. That's great, and I love this. The prizes are fantastic. You got like a big helmet and a sword. Yeah, unbelievable. So I got the sort of first pick of them with the first place, and then the epic moment got me uh, one later on, which was super duper fun. So I got Aragorn's sword for the first one, and I got Gimli's helmet for the last one. Um, I think the first thing, whenever there are like swords or big bits of cutlery for prizes. <laughs> the whole event is a lot more exciting because yeah. people are like really pleased to win and they're like interested in who's going to pick what and that sort of thing and also nobody wants to buy these things like like because you know we could all not go to three tournaments and we'll we'll have saved enough money to buy a 120 pound sword basically but it feels different when you've earned it i guess yeah so funny story about that so for so i got married in october last year my congratulations well, thank you very much <laughs> um, my wife also loves lord of the rings um, and one of the things you always do, I'm sure it, this is exactly the same in your household, uh, Harry, you know, you're like, which Lord of the Rings character do you think you are? 
you know, what do you think I am? What do you think you are? And my wife asked me that one day, and I was like, you're definitely Gimli. Like, you're 100% Gimli. And she's like, oh, really? Do I, why, why do you think that? And I went, let's watch Lord of the Rings and see if you agree with everything Gimli says at every point in every film. And we did, and, and, and Justin, she was like, yeah, he's so wise. So on our wedding day, for the, like, wedding gifts, you get, like, uh, what are they called? They're, like, called room presents, I think, in some cultures. Um, Jess got me this watch that I'm wearing. It's really lovely. Um, and I got her Gimli's double-bladed axe. So there are some really cool pictures of her with that. So winning the first place one, I thought, well, I'm not going to pick the Gimli thing and give to her because it'll be a bit like... It'll be a bit like, you know, I've won this thing for me, but here is, here's it for you. Have you seen um, the fantastic Heath Ledger film A Knight's Tale? Yeah, vaguely, yeah. Vaguely yeah, yeah. Remember so, it, yeah. So in that, he says to the girl he's wooing, oh, I'll win this tournament for you. And she goes, well, you're not winning for me, are you? Because you want to win, and yeah. that's why you've done it. So with that one, I got Aragorn's sword. But with the one in last, I got Gimli's helmet, so I get to go back and give that to my poorly wife, and she'll be dead, please. Ah, oh, well, that's yeah, wonderful. Yeah. Oh, so, look, I love it. I love, and, and I love the fact that Bilbo won you, won you it by beating Sauron as well. Exactly. And so we've got to talk a bit more about your army. You mentioned you've got Bilbo in the Rivendell list, but it's not just Rivendell. It's a bit filthy, isn't it? What have you got? Yeah, so I've got the Lake Town Guards, uh, so Master Alfred Braga. The, sort the of usual sort of, what is it, 400 and something points? It's 340 points 340. for 42 models. And then I've Brilliant. got about 10 elves. One of them's got a horse. One of them's got a flag. Um, Glorfindel. This is the first time I've played Glorfindel. I think he's really, really strong. Um, and it's the, 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 the fate and the, the, the yeah. magic resistance yeah. and just everything. Fight seven, yeah. Yeah, he can. He's got a twelve-inch horse. He can run through words. It's all crazy. Um, and yeah, so just like really, really good, good, clean, not at all clean fun. <laughs> <laughs> so there was what Glorfindel, Curdan, Glorfindel, Curdan, Bilbo, about ten elves. Mm. Um, so four bows from there, and then 50 models total, which is just vast amounts. And, and, and what did you come up with, uh, come up against that was difficult here? So not a great deal. So in the first round, it was Sauron at seize the prize. He didn't have any march, so I got onto it and could surround it. And I was always going to win. It was whether I could kill Sauron. Turns out I couldn't, yeah. um, despite Bilbo's heroic efforts. <laughs> um, then in the second game, I played domination against an Aragorn Alisar with King of the Dead. Um, mm. and in that game Bilbo went one-on-one with Aragorn and and he had the ring this time yeah had the ring this time <laughs> yeah. um, and managed to beat Aragorn 1v1 in a fight as well charging Aragorn nice. yeah 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 Bilbo what Bilbo. a MVP Bilbo yeah he, he really crowned himself in glory there because he was just thrilled to have the ring on um, and in that one again by numbers and Bilbo meant I could shut down his one big hero and and then in the last one I played against Aaron Pullen playing um, uh Mahut and yeah. yeah, and he had thirty-four models, and yeah. again, Bilbo was just like, and that was in Fog of War, wasn't it? Yeah, so I tabled him and, and got the twelve-o, which was quite nice, um, which was good because last time Aaron and I played, which was at the Seventh City GT back in February time, Aaron absolutely hammered me on the last round of day one. So I think we played in that tournament. Yes, we did. Yeah, and you had a similar list then. You had the Lake Town, and I think you, what did you have with it that time? It was was Legal, it Rivenet? Lake Le- 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 and Mirkwood, yeah. yeah. So it was more the other, other kind of elves. But I mean, it's clear this. Uh, I see this a lot, the 340-point Lake Town stuff, just with something else that does the killing power. Which, which combination have you... Because you've tried this in different variations, like you say, with, with Leggy and various other people. Which is the best one, do you think? So I think it depends on points value. I think for 750, this is probably the best because you've got a really strong, resilient leader 
um, in your Perdan. I, I played a tournament. Uh, it's a you mean. Yeah, Glorfindel, sorry. And he's yeah, he's really resilient. He's really killy. Even if he gets taken off his horse, he's really killy because he's you know if he's next to a banner, he's still got four dice to win fights. So you get and he's got Lord of West, and he's got with the reroll, and you got potentially enchanted blades. Yeah, exactly. So at seven fifty, you can have everything. You can have your fifty models. You can have your Kurdan. You can have Bilbo. You can have Glorfindel. You get you get it all. Um, and then when you start dropping down, I think when you're at six hundred, like the GT, I think then you want Legolas because you want to get as many elves as possible and there aren't as many big things like you don't need to worry you know if someone's got Elendil for example then they're not also going to have 40 models so you can just like feed the big heroes like Town Guard and just like deal with the rest of the stuff Whereas at 750, you need a bit more resilience, so you need your Glorfindel. Interesting, because I've seen other combos with like tree beards and guai hairs and all these sorts of things, but it just seems like that base troop of 340 points for those is just good value, especially with Braga, who's got that free heroic, is it heroic defense or what's he got? Yeah. Stuff like that. It's, it's just very good. Anyway, Matt, I can see you're, you're heading off because you're in the Nottingham crew and they're all walking out the door. Bye, gentlemen. And, <laughs> bye. Uh, so, anyway, well done, Matt, on the, the double trophy and also the sword and uh, the helmet and stuff. So, congratulations Thank and thanks for coming on and yeah thank you very much always a pleasure which way are you parked that way that way well if you if you go that way we're going that way so actually you but then we're going to have to come back this way so why is it over there it's over there so uh, it's called lanka l-a-n-k-a lanka lanka and it's a seven minute walk yeah if you wrap your stuff in the van i'll go to the van and then come back that's it right well it's been a cracker right see you in a second Lovely jubbly. We're going over the Humber. We've had, hole. We're leaving Hull. We're leaving Hull. Have we had a jolly good time having a curry, chaps? Yes. And beers. It was a top curry and an excellent. An awkward moment in the toilet afterwards. But o- awkward moment in the toilet. No one will ever talk about that again. Was only due to the, lo- the setup of the toilet, not any. Yeah, it, it was high jinks. No, it was some funny toilets. On the way home, and what a jolly time we've had. We got everything. Hold on, let me just check if you got anything in here. Good. Yeah, Cheers, Eric. Cheers. See you until next time. <coughs> and there we go. Party time. So that was the assault on Dull Huldor. It was really good. Not Dull Huldor. Dull Huldor, because it was far from dull. I had a great time uh, with Tim, Jason and uh, Darren at the end of that. Uh, we went for a nice curry. Um, we just had a good banter about all of our salty little moments that happened across the tournament. And if I'm honest, I didn't have many salty moments. Um, I, I, I really, really enjoyed playing uh, the Balrog. It must be said. I think there's just something... I, there's something in me that I just enjoy having the big, massive monsters and heroes whether it's Elendil or, or you know um, the Witch King the, or, or the Balrog or you know any of these people and I'm, I'm, I've got my eyes on Bolg and uh, Azog and stuff like that I just absolutely love playing with those big guys and I mean let's be honest the Balrog's the, the be all and end all with these sorts of things isn't he so really enjoyed playing with him yeah I didn't come out with uh, as maybe I, I would have probably liked three, uh, two wins, but um, out of three games, it's actually not not the end of the world. I didn't think um, the first game against uh, Ken was. Uh, I, th- I felt a bit bad for Ken. I think because I think he got a little bit 
unlucky him uh, with his shots, with his bolt, uh, with his um, assault ballista. But, you know, you can't have everything, can you? Uh, so that's one thing. Um, but... I did really, I, I did really enjoy the, the the way that the the Balrog worked in the end because he just did eventually chase down uh, the dwarves, and I think that that just made it made it all, all of it better because I was getting a little bit frustrated with um, with him at the, at the start because he was just running everyone away and he was playing it the way that you probably should play that game. Uh, you know, you should run away from the Balrog and hope that you get. Uh, a direct hit on the Balrog with your uh, assault ballista and you know halve the wounds and then you know I'm broken it all goes pear shaped for me fair enough um, I guess the problem was that he needed to get that six at some point uh, to direct hit it um, and he got the one hit and he didn't wound it because it's only it's, you know four up to wound it so that was a bit unlucky but um, having it happen again I don't know it probably it, 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 it did feel still quite unlikely. I, I think I would have gone hell for leather with the uh, Hearthguard and uh, all the other guys. And maybe that would have um, that would have been the better shout. But, you know, I, that, it's easy to say that in hindsight, isn't it? So that was a great first game. Second game against Natalie. Uh, I just think as much as, as, much as I'd like to, uh, to say that I, I could have played it better... I, I I think that this is always going to be a very very difficult game for me. Uh, I think I, I just think the army wasn't optimized for me. I didn't have enough troops to to counteract the fifty something model army I was up against. And um, by God, did she have the perfect army to counteract my Balrog? I mean, why would you? What what else could you want other than one hero? Uh, trying to face up against three uh, casters and you know w- once someone spends I don't know two will and gets a four or a five e- even say it's a four on a paralyze I've got a half and a half chance right of of um, getting getting it back on the resistance of magic but do you ever want to take the 50 50 no so you're always going to spend at least two will to resist or well one will and uh, and the resistance to magic and then if it's a five up you got to spend three, right? You got to spend two will and the resistance to magic. So that's fine. So if you if you keep going like that, that's five magics coming your way at least um, before you're onto your resistance to magic. And of course, realistically, they they have a lot more than that. They they just have more casters than that. So they have the um, uh, there's five wills. So say there's probably uh, I don't know. Two two paralyzes reliably coming in at least from each um, each what's it called each Barrow White, and then there's there's all the black darts or the com- commands and the transfixes. It just felt like eventually the Balrog was going to get immobilized a few times, and of course you know you're not going to resist everything. So yeah, it was just a real struggle because once 350 points have gone down the pooper, you're already outnumbered with orcs, which are just slightly better than goblins. So you know uh, it's 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 a tricky one. And in domination, having being outnumbered and having your big hit and not balance the things up, it's just unhiding to nothing, wasn't it? So uh, interesting game. Uh, really enjoyed. And Natalie was an absolute pleasure to play. Real fun, uh, real funny game. Actually, really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, that was good fun. And then the final one, of course, being uh, that that game against the Mummock. And I, I don't, I don't, I, 
I really don't mind losing against the moment war leader because I've been on the other uh, other side of the helm of that where the tramples do devastation sometimes and you think have I oh, have I been a bit have I been a bit mean and I felt uh, that Chris probably had a bit of that experience over the course of the day that he'd done some good tramples but he'd also done some pretty terrible uh, tramples and you know and came up against the barrel at the end and it felt like a kind of balanced game like I I, I, I was quite happy to knock seven bells out of the old uh, the old mummock for a turn, but it was it was quite fun because it went trample hit into the uh, Balrog, takes a few wounds, um, then bam, Balrog smacks him in combat, takes a couple of wounds back. So it just felt like almost like King Kong versus Godzilla or something, where they were just both smashing into each other, both tearing chunks out of each other and then in the final throw when both of them were down to so few wounds uh, that you know the mummock finally managed to win a combat get its tusks in throw the bal- balrog upside down uh, get it prone and you know smash it while it was on the ground but you know you can't you can't win them all uh, and I, I didn't mind going down to that I think obviously I, I got a bit distracted by this pretty exciting moment but um yeah, I, I I don't mind having a big duel for the final uh, turn of the uh, tournament because I could have tried and avoided the um, the Balrog a bit maybe, but uh, sorry, avoided the Mummock a bit, but realistic and and tried to go for the my target, which was uh, his his king uh, in Fog of War. But if I'd have just been trying to get his king, it would have been leaving all of my goblins open to being trampled. So I kind of needed. The, the linchpin of the list, the Balrog, to just kill the, the Mummock. Otherwise, I was going to die. I was going to lose no matter what. So I, I'm quite happy with um, my result there. Uh, it it could have gone better, could have gone worse. And so it, it was just a fun set of things. And so I guess the, the big question is, what would I change about the list? And realistically, you've got to change the troll. I know the troll is cool. And in the first game, he absolutely uh, tore... I don't know, he must have been, must have tore up about six, seven half guard. He smashed through those uh, guys, but in the other two games, he did basically nothing because he was either immobilized or boxed out. I mean, he, he killed the odd orc um, in the game against Natalie, but it wasn't a- anything substantial. And I just know that if I had, I don't know, four prowlers and a captain, or however, that'd be seven points a prowler, I think it is, 14, so 38. Uh, so 28, sorry, plus a captain. So yeah, probably more like six prowlers and a captain. It would be so much more valuable. The lack of might in the list was a real, real struggle. And the troll, while it had some killing power and some sort of scare factor, there was enough scare factor in the Balrog, and I just needed more models. 40 sounds like a lot at 750 points, but when all of them are five-point goblins. Um, yeah, they're a bit crap. So even if I wanted to stick with my pure theme and just go, the cave troll's dead, let's go with the Balrog and just tons of goblins, uh, no prowlers, that would be a much better list probably. Because um, the goblins, they were fine once there were loads of them. They were absolutely fine. So uh, I think I might, I haven't decided yet, I think I might bring this back again at some point soon. Uh, I haven't got any big tournaments um, on the horizon just yet not for a couple of months big points wise I might do something in July Uh, I don't know I'm getting married this summer so I have no idea but we will see 
if the Balrog will make a reappearance. Uh, I've got the final outing of the Numenorians uh, in the next episode, uh, which I've been teasing and looking forward to for a long time. Uh, it'd be nice to delve back into how I was kind of uh, basically talking through my games when I just started playing the Numenorian list. So it might be interesting to see this sort of progression from uh, game one, uh, where I'll be playing with about 400 points worth of Numenorians, all the way up to game six, I want to say. Was it five or I don't know? I can't remember how many we've done. But either way, uh, it'll be really interesting to see uh, see that development as it progresses through the uh, uh, th through the sort of episode next time. So that'll be coming out in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, thanks again to everyone I played today, and all to uh, to all the patron supporters. Uh, many of you will have received prizes recently. Darren was one of them. He was in the car earlier. Uh, about uh, I've got some new new sort of. Uh, smart looking uh, notepads to note down your uh, might, will and fate and they've uh, gone out to uh, about half of the patrons so far and I'm working through the tiers of patron uh, so there'll be a few more coming out soon uh, and there's been some big special prizes for the patrons who are very very toppest of tiers um, who have been sticking around for a very long time as well so uh, uh, those some really cool um, goblets basically for for those or tankards is the right word for those people who have uh, who've been kicking out for a while so um yeah it's been a pleasure uh, thanks very much hope hopefully you like this podcast i don't know whether what, what it's going to sound like when i edit it all together um i hope it, it has a bit of a different spice for the uh, the 70th uh, the 75th um entmoot of all of them and as we pull in to the parking spot right in front of the house we celebrate 75 Entmoots, and it's been a pleasure, and I want to thank all of you who listen to the podcast on a regular basis. I want to thank uh, all the patron supporters as well, and to everyone who's played Toy Soldiers with me uh, and been interviewed on the podcast, whether you listened or not. It's been an absolute pleasure doing this over the last couple of years, uh, about five, six years or whatever, and uh, I guess there's not much more to say. Thanks for listening. Boo, run, run.